What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today we're talking about Lunasa. Lunasa! Okay, so I get very excited for Lunasa because I hate summer. Um, we've come to the summer portion, the portion of summer where I'm in hell. It is really bad. I don't understand what people like about summer. I don't know how this is fun for anybody. The humidity levels have been like, what, like 190 something? It has been like 90% humidity and 90 degrees in the lower Hudson Valley, and it's not okay. No. It's not acceptable. So all I think about is fall. Yeah. And I can't wait to go to Michael's and see all the Halloween stuff, and that's all I think about. So Lunasa is right there with me. Because I was going to say, Lunasa is very summery, so hating summer and loving Lunasa feels like a... Contradiction? Contradiction. That's the word I'm looking for. It's not. Lunasa is the first of the harvest festivals. So it is like the beginning, it's pre-fall. I love this because I just harvested two zucchinis that I was telling her about before the podcast about how amazingly huge they are. And the leaves as big as your head, Oh my god, they are literally, I will take a picture and I'll put it on Instagram. They are literally the size of my head. That's so cool. So yeah, so just like Beltane, it was freezing. But I said, yay, because spring is coming. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with Lunasa. Once Lunasa gets here, I go, okay, I'm still in hell. It's still really hot and humid. But I'm going to get there. It's like the you're, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. But in a not dying way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about Lunasa. Okay, so Lunasa is a greater Wiccan Sabbath. The origin is Irish. It is the sun god Lu. Right? Lunasa. Okay. There you go. Um, so we're talking about all grain and agricultural deities, sun gods, mother and father gods, uh, symbols. Well, the first one would kill me because I'm allergic to it. Corn. Womp. Yeah. <laughs> Um, sun wheels, wheat, all grains, all kind of corn dollies and stuff like that. So a ritual now, it's customary to consume bread or something made from the first harvest. So if you got zucchini, like for Lunasa, it would be appropriate for you to say, hey, this was my first harvest. This is the first I thing I should eat the zucchini. You should make, you know what? I'd make a zucchini bread. Oh, zucchini bread's delicious. You right? can make it with chocolate chips in it, which sounds weird, but is good. Okay. It's sweet. It's, it's a sweet bread. All right. So you could do that because it incorporates the whole aspect of the grains with the zucchini. Not that anybody really cares. I'm also allergic to squash, which means I'm also allergic to zucchini. So um, you can't have my so zucchini, I can't bread. Have zucchini bread. So even Are you allergic delicious, to chocolate? Okay, so I'm not allergic to chocolate, but I can't eat it. So basically... Because of the caffeine. I can't You're have... just a dog. <laughs> Yeah. You're allergic to all the things your dog is allergic <laughs> Pretty to. Pretty much. I always said that my dog was was me, but in dog form. And now it. I'm thinking that I'm just him in, in human, human form. form. So, yeah. So I can't have zucchini, but yes, zucchini, knock yourself out, put chocolate chips in it. I'm going to do it. That would be a good thing. Um, a lot of pagans actually throw bread into a fire. They'll make a fire. I was just imagining bread chucking in. bread at people. No, into a fire. Into right? a fire. People. Light bread on fire. Don't hurt people with it. Oh, I just had this vision of you chucking fire. I thought, <laughs> not fire, sorry. <laughs> this vision of you chucking bread at somebody else in which space, and I just thought they would kill you. They could try. Um, so spells. We're talking about prosperity, abundance, good fortune, uh, career, health. Um, that kind of stuff. So plants, uh, aloe, corn, corn stalks, wheat, rye, um, stuff like that. Stones that are good now are venturine, citrine, peridot. 
I love a good adventure. So I like to surround myself with green at all times. Oh, okay. It brings money. I am so poor all the time. Aren't you working this summer? Oh, yeah. I tell my students it's because I need to pay for my Botox because they think I'm 82. Yeah, nobody believes you're 82. This is the first class ever that's been like, I don't actually believe you. Like, I know most of them just are going with me, but, like, they normally just let it slide. This class is, like, actively, nope, you're not 82. You just, you went too high. Like I'm going to be tell- 82 for the rest of my life. I've been telling my students since the beginning of time that I'm 55. And I say Botox is good. Botox is good. And they do, you know, like, they're kind of skeptical or whatever, so. I wish there was a way that I could swing Botox as, like, a Lunasa ritual. But I don't what? think that that works. You want to get Botox? No, but like, you know, if you were going to get Botox, make it for Lunasa. But you really can't. Why Lunasa? Because that's the one that's coming next. Oh, God. Okay. So, uh, didn't you have an assignment for Lunasa? Botox, but for Lunasa. Oh, my God. No, Botox is awful. It's poison. Well, it is literally botulinum toxin, yeah. It's, yeah. It's bad. Don't, it's botulism is what it is. Listen, I, you know... I'm sliding into Chrome territory. I don't even know like when. Really ter- slowly. When does that even start? I, I think you decide. I think oh. you make the decision that like I'm a Crone now, or maybe you hit menopause. I feel like menopause is when people start like really considering Cronehood. Yeah. All right. I did have an assignment, and yes. I did not pick Botox for my assignment. Okay, what was it? So I wrote how to get in the fall spirit. What are some things that you could do to celebrate Lunasa? Mm-hmm. And this section, I'm pointing to my notebook is all about things that a Wiccan or any other regular person could do to celebrate Lunasa. Okay. And then under here at the bottom of my notebook is Hellenic. I wrote Lamas because I don't know how to spell Lunasa. Okay. I don't, I don't, I wrote L-O-O-N-A-S-A because I do not know how to spell Lunasa. Okay. There's a lot of letters in there. Yeah. So how to get in the fall spirit for August 1st. Um, for me, I figured that I would do like a ritual of planning ahead because like apples picking season starts in August. Yeah. So if I scheduled my apple picking on August 1st, that would be a thing that I have now dedicated to this um, holiday. Now, is that just as a regular thing or as a Hellenic? This is just regular. Okay. Starting with the regular, then we'll have a lovely long talk about Hellenism and Lunasa. Nice. Boy, do you celebrate llamas in... We'll get there. Okay. Go ahead. So I also thought that teacher supplies shopping for us would be really good for Lunasa because it's... It's kind of our first harvest. It's our first, like, getting the tools that we need to then reap and sow throughout, like, the school year. You know, I'm just nodding my head because, yes, in fact, I told somebody, not exactly that, but I said, yeah, I said, I like Lunasa because it's when I start getting ready for the school year. So, you're right. That's a really nice nice way of putting it. it. Also, I did my research. Ooh. Lou is a god of craftsmanship. Uh-huh. So, like, any kind of craft is really appropriate, I think, for Lunasa. And for me, that could be, like, making name tags to go on my desks for, like, certain groupings. Or, like, if I wanted to make a poster board, this would be a good time to do it. But also, you know, if you do crafts, maybe you do one that's dedicated to Lunasa. Make a cornucopia, embroider, whittle. Insert other crafts here. Now, here's a question. I get I get super crafty. It's the only time of the year that I get super crafty. And it's not because I tell myself it's Lunasa mm-hmm. and I have to, but it just, it comes out. 
I just this just in August you're just like I want to make August, stuff. I just I go to Michaels and I, I love just, it. I just find things to make, and then a lot of times it's like decorations for the house. It's for fall, and then I go, what am I doing with this? Like every year I have so many of these things, mm-hmm. and I just don't know what to do. But I was also thinking about people who are crafty online. Yeah. Like if you wanted to make a cartoon or, you know, something like that. I think that any kind of crafty, I don't think, I think we can take it out of the realm of physical, you know, you have to do like an animation or like some art. Sure. I love that. Yeah. Post a really sick Instagram story at Witchspace Co on Instagram. There you go. Maybe we'll do that. I'm going to write it down so I don't forget. Sick Instagram story. Four. Lunasa. Uh, I said that you could decorate your altar with uh, plants. So if you have, like, corn and you're not allergic to it, you could put it there. But I also thought that maybe, like, leafy kind of green plants would be nice because the first harvest is still sort of like a very like sunny and like summery kind of time. So you don't necessarily have to go straight into like pumpkins and apples, right? And that sort of stuff. I said baked bread. Then underneath it, I wrote cornbread. Oh my God. And then I remembered that you can't eat corn. So not cornbread. But also there was a, a note on one of the websites that I was looking at about doing like honey magic. And I, don't eat honey because I'm vegan, but I do know that there are a ton of really, like, high-quality face masks that people can get that have, like, manuka honey or honey aspects to them, and that, I feel like, is very my brand of ritual. Like, if I were a Wiccan, I would do some kind of self-care ritual with a honey mask and, like, eating delicious bread, allowing myself to kind of charge in that Lunasa energy while still staying true to, like, who I am as a witch. Right. Which is very much bath witch, makeup witch, pink witch vibes. (laughs) She's laughing at me. It's fine. We're fine. Okay, so that's pretty good. Thank you. I did so much research. I'm really proud of it. It was really good. But now I'm really curious about... So I don't celebrate... Lunasa slash Lamas in Hellenismos. But I do honor Persephone. And her entire myth is that she comes back to her mother and lives with Demeter in Olympus during what is basically the harvest season. So she comes up, people plant, the plants grow. When the plants begin to die off, Persephone goes back to Hades. So for me, conceptualizing, like, what this holiday could mean, this is the beginning of when she's sort of like, you know, I gotta get out of here. It's time to go. She's, like, packing her bags. So for me, like, I would offer things to her, grains, grain alcohol, because most of the time what I do is I pour alcohol in a cup and I give it to the gods and hope they love me. I also think wildflowers on an altar would be really great because Kore, like, Persephone as a maiden is very much this like wildflower you know beautiful springtime goddess so kind of pulling that in to this moving into her other aspect in the underworld I think would be great and I specifically realized that honey cakes are a thing that you do in Greek uh, reconstructionism a lot you do it in a lot of different festivals and this August 1st falls on Numania. And Numania is like the first day of the lunar month. So in Greek 
Reconstruction religion, you make honey cakes on Numania. Oh, wow. So it's like a full circle kind of vibe. Right. I would just do Numania things, and it would be appropriate for Lunasa things. I like that. Yeah. I have a question, though, because yeah. you mentioned Persephone, and I mean, I, I know the myths, but not the way, not as well as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do anything for Demeter during this time? Because the way I, see, the way I would think is... So now her daughter goes down into the underworld and winter comes and she's bereft and she is, I don't know, inconsolable until her daughter comes back. In the hopes of not having such a harsh winter, would you make any offerings to her at this time? As in, you know, it's going to be okay. Please don't hurt us during this winter. We all want to survive it. Please be nice. Yeah, please be nice this winter. I have a lot of hot takes re the myth of Persephone and global warming. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I want to hear this. But overall, let's we'll start with this. The 12 Olympians are kind of always offered to, always on your altar, always being given gifts. And it's n- I don't do that as much with the Clifonic deities. I don't you don't really offer as much to like to Hades and like I learned how to say Hecate properly the other day and I already don't remember how to say it, but I don't put out offerings to her at all unless it's Daemon. It, unless it's her day, no. Even when you travel? I would, for Hermes. Oh, right. So, I don't necess- I wouldn't necessarily do anything extra for Demeter, but that's only because I would already be doing something for Demeter. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, this ritual, I sort of tied to that myth because I saw it as an extra thing, because Lunasa isn't actually part of the sort of holidays that I would celebrate. Right. I could do something in an extra capacity versus I am always going to tell Demeter that she is great and here's some booze and please don't hurt us. Okay. Um, Yeah, I think that the Demeter-Persephone myth is like intrinsically tied to global warming and I think that it's sort of Demeter not only takes out her frustration on the earth, but Persephone is sort of spending less and less time in Hades. When we see the signs of her going to Hades, that's, you know, snow, that's the leaves falling, that's not happening anywhere near as much. And so I think that we're almost punishing the gods with our actions because Persephone it's basically like we open a portal for her our energy the the energy of the seasons allows for her to go back to her husband if the seasons don't change she doesn't go is that and I, I'm not saying the gods are responsible for global warming I think we know that we're responsible oh, we're, for it's global us. warming but I don't know if I'm Demeter I'm on team global warming i'm team yeah i'm getting back at you because you tricked me and you tricked my kid and now screw you but i think also for demeter it's like this weird fine line because she is the goddess of agriculture Mm -hmm. and agriculture doesn't work without this deal that was struck true you don't have a planting season and a harvest season if you don't have seasons right so i think that our effect on this cycle damages 
sort of every aspect of the inherent myth, the magic that is produced by the myth, and the reality in which we live related to the myth. Interesting. Global warming is bad. Just hot, like a lukewarm take, ice cold take, global warming's bad. So what are you doing for Lunasa? Well, in the summer months, or the nice months, it's meant to be summer, I like to go outside. Gross. Yeah. It depends on the summer. Yeah, because this so summer's bad. What I do for Lunasa, I will determine the day or two before. Okay. Because if it's going to rain, then I'm not going to do what I want. Um, I like to go outside. I like to go for a walk. And then I'll tailor my my ritual to whatever I'm feeling, whatever I'm thinking, kind of like a couple of days before. Okay. Um I don't like to have a set thing. I feel like when I have a set ritual for every single holiday, I don't want to say that it gets boring, but... It gets boring. It gets boring. And, you know, a lot of what we do in in our practice is intuition. It's, you know, learning more about our craft and and it evolves. So if my Mm -hmm. rituals stay the same as I did in the year before and the year before that, I mean, obviously my altar is going to stay the same. I have an outdoor altar. I don't take my stuff from my indoor altar out. I have smaller statues. I have, I have a basket. I have a little like red riding hood basket I love that. that everything goes in and it's there and I can pull it out and take it outside. So whether I do it in my backyard or I decide, you know what, I want to go really early. There's a park that's not too far from me. Mm-hmm. It's got a little lake and usually it's only like dog walkers there. And you know, they're not going to bother me. I can take my dog, I can go out there, I can set it up. You know, it, it depends. So, so this is, a, I guess, a related question. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have any issues doing spells in public or doing rituals in public? Like, how, how does anyone... that work? Well, I mean, when I do it, I do it really early. I'm not usually there when everybody's going to be there with their kids That's and their dogs reasonable. and everything. That's very reasonable. I know that my neighbors have seen me in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Like, for a fact, I know. Because I catch, like, the the blinds kind of moving mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I don't care. I don't know. I kind of get in my own space. And I kind of feel, like I said, I feel like I'm led outside. So I feel like when I go out there and I do my circle, I'm protected and it's going to be okay. You know, when I go somewhere really super public, you know, when I talk about the parks, I'm talking about the parks here in the lower Hudson Valley. I'm not talking about going to the city and going somewhere super public where some weirdo could come up to me. You know, no, you know, you find a little corner, you find a little space. And if I go to the park, I'm not taking every single thing with me. You're taking your red riding hood basket. I'm taking that and I will pull out the things that I think are essential depending on what I want to do. I'm not going to take everything out and have people like, I don't know. Has anyone ever said anything to you? No. That's good. I would be really weird. Like, how do you approach them? Yo, are you doing magic? <laughs> like, no, leave me alone. But I'm really lucky that I have a very small, but I have a functional backyard. So usually yeah. I go there, but I have been known to go to the park. I love that. I don't have any outside space in my apartment. Yeah. It's behind the house is just a driveway. And then I have like a little shared porch, but I don't want to, I don't want to go there. It's not like very private. Um, so I don't do it. Well, I also don't do anything outside because I am the whitest and I don't want sunburn. And I'm desperately afraid of sun in any context. Well, you can go out really late at night. I could, but then I'm asleep. I mean, if it's hot and I really want to be outside, I'm going to go out really late. The only thing that stays consistent are um, is what I say. 
Okay. Like I, I, I write things, I've written things up for my rituals. Do I change them? Every once in a while, I'll change a word here or there or a phrase here or there. That'll stay the same, but what I do, I have to feel it. So it's really hard when people ask me, what do you do for this? What do you do? I don't know. I won't know until the week yeah. of. I'll see what I feel. I'll see what I, what I am led But that's do. cool. That's like a very intuitive yeah. process instead of like a, a rote sort of do this, do this kind of yeah. way. And I like to journal. I love that. I love to journal during rituals, especially because, you know, when you're thinking about the wheel of the year, not just are you thinking about, okay, well, this is Lunasa, this is the first harvest, I should incorporate, okay, there's all that, but what does the turn of the wheel mean to you as a witch? What are you feeling now? What has come before? What have you done before? How has this year treated you? Um, How are you connecting to your practice or not? So I also see the holidays, whether they're a greater or lesser Sabbath, as a time to really reflect on whether it's your witch life or whether it's your, you know, mundane existence, what's going on? You know, how can you make things better if they're not okay? That sounds super cool. And now I'm just imagining, like, if you could, like, get a notebook that, like, pre-prompted you. It's like it set up, like, each turn of the wheel, each Mm -hmm. holiday, like, has a little prompt that you could, like, do or, like, incorporate into a ritual. Oh. Like, guided journaling. Right. Maybe we create that. I was just going to say, dear listeners, tell me if you think that's cool, because I'll write it instead of grading, because I hate grading. Well, that's why I don't do summer school. Summer school is the worst. But, yeah. So, I like to do that, and I usually like to do a little bit of divination. Mm-hmm. Are there holidays that you don't do divination? Me personally? Yeah. No. Yeah. I think I always do. But I think it's it's part of the journaling. Yeah. So when you do divination during the holidays for me, it's more of like, again, checkpoints. So if journaling is a checkpoint, if I'm looking at, you know, where am I now versus the last holiday? Um, how do I feel about things that are happening? You know, and it could be anything. Um, it could be health issues. I've had some health issues. Um so a lot of my journaling will be, how has my practice been? There have been days where, you know, I haven't been practicing as much or my practice has changed a little bit because I don't feel good. So, you know, your real world can come into your journaling and then you go, you know what, I have some questions about this or how, you know, I might do a spread from now until Maybon, you know, about different things. So it's just a way for me to connect back. I'm not sitting there doing things that are unrelated like, I wouldn't sit there if somebody asked me, can you do a reading for it? No, no, no. Yeah, like I'm busy I'm, right now. Yeah, I'm kind of like, so it's all about, it's all about the time. It's all about the turning of the wheel. And it's all about my practice and my life coming together. So that's how I see my holidays, you know, which is very different than when you're with people. Yeah. You know, when you're with people, you are strictly celebrating the holiday. Um, what does it mean? Uh, where are we as, as humans, as witches at this time? And you move forward. But if it's your own, then I feel that it has to be deep. It has to be personal. Um, they're my gods. They know me. They know what I've been through. Um, they understand me. So I don't have to, I don't want to say put on a show because I still do. It's, I love doing whatever it is I do. But I feel that it has to be personal because it's just me. Yeah. You know. Um, that sounds like a very like mentally healthy way to approach these things. Because as you're talking about this, all I could think of was like, the other day I was looking for a spell to make me have less ADD. 
Oh, I was like, please let there be someone on the internet who can, like, do magic and make this suck less for me. Sometimes I think... Okay. I, I, this is a thing that I, I have these two conflicting thoughts. Hot takes. Let's go. On the one hand, I feel... And this is actually connected to the question. So I don't even know if I should mention the question first. Because we had asked people on Instagram to give us questions. And there was a really good one. And it's Tell us the question. Of, okay, so the question was... Um, and I don't remember exactly how it was posed, but like, how do you, how do you know you're ready? Like when it comes to divination, when it comes to anything that you do, whether it's candle magic or, you know, reading tarot or whatever, how do you know, like you, you got there? Like, how do you know you're done? Like you're good enough kind of thing. When you can write a spell that cures ADD. Okay. That, or, um, my thing is, I don't know that you ever feel ready until you start doing it. Yeah. You know, like, you know. When are you going to be ready to start reading for people? I don't know. Start reading for people. Yeah. Like that really, you know, how do you know that your candle magic is good? Make a candle for someone. Like that, there's really no other way. You can't pre-test something. Got it. You know? So you just have to do it. And my suggestion is do it for your friends. Oh, yeah. And you might say, well, I know so much about my friends. No, you don't. You'd be surprised. You know, that's really how I got confident was like reading for people that I knew and going... All right, I don't get this. And they would say, I never told you this, but blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. then you go, got it. Okay, thank you. And I also I also want to say, I don't think that you're ever at a point where you can't learn something from somebody else. But I think you have to start trusting yourself. And you have to stop listening to other people. Because okay. I've heard people say, well, you can't read Lenormand this way. Or you can't do... And then somebody else will say, yes, you can. And you have to give yourself the permission to say, I've learned this system... But now, if I want to take it in this realm, if I want to be a little bit more intuitive, or if I want to read it in this, as long as you're not changing the definitions, obviously, yeah. that would be weird. But if you want to read it in a different way or have a different kind of spread, if it works, then that is your thing. And I think any kind of reading has to be intuitive as well as that layer of you have to understand what the system is. Yeah. So how are you going to know you're good enough? You have to stop listening to how other people read or what other people do. Take, take what makes sense to you, incorporate that into the way you do your spells or the way you do reading, and then test it. Test it out with other people. The reason... Now, I'm going to backtrack to what I was going to Love say. Love it. I can't read for myself. I have a hard time... And when I ask a question and mm-hmm. I read, I get so stuck. Yeah. And then if somebody else asks me a question, I'm like, boom, 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 boom. Here are the cards. Here's what's going on. Yeah. Um, but yet, when it comes to spells, this is going back to your ADD yeah. thing. Somebody write me a spell... I find that when it comes to me, I can really heal myself well. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of issues with my stomach, um, with my allergies and all that stuff. And when I reiki myself in a matter of, I don't even know if it's a minute, like I start feeling it. And I'm not saying other people can't reiki me, but when I reiki myself, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm good. And then when I read for myself, sometimes it's smooth, but most of the time it's like, oh my God. And you know what's so funny is I am the opposite because I'm so in my head that like I can read for myself no problem. Like I I feel attacked because I know exactly what the cards are saying to me. But like if I want to do some kind of spell or some kind of energy work, I'm like, is it working? Is it, did, did it work? Did, does anybody notice a difference? Like it just doesn't. It's not anywhere near as powerful as, like, if somebody else were to do it for me. I'm going to blame um, my 
massive air sign energy. Oh, here we go. That, that I'm. You guys are going to hear a lot about astrology on the uh, Instagram account because I am really in it. Re- really in it. So bad right now. With all the eclipses and the Mercury retrograde, I've been really yeah. diving into that. But yeah, I just, I, I need somebody to write a spell for me. I, so I don't have ADD anymore. Mercury retrograde is not a thing. It's not happening. I mean, it is literally happening. Nope. Yeah, no, it, it, I refuse to acknowledge its presence. And I respect that. I just, I can't acknowledge its presence. The day of Mercury retrograde, I got in a minor fender bender with myself. I hit a curb so bad that I wrecked the rim of my car and had to get a new rim and a new tire. I am in Mercury Retrograde right now. I don't... I refuse to acknowledge its presence. Yeah, good for you. I wish I could do that. Um, Answering the question, though, I don't think you ever should be ready. And I think that the minute you think that you're ready, you're overconfident. Really? Yeah, because I think that you're always learning more, especially with, like, divination or with, like, magic in general. There's always another level. Oh, yeah, I agree. So, like, for me, I started reading astrology when all I knew was, you know, there's there's a bunch of planets and this is what the signs mean. And every time I do it, I get better. And it doesn't mean that when I was reading just for those planets, I was wrong. But I'm finding nuance, and I'm finding new ways to do it. Every time I read tarot, I get better at connecting the cards together. Every time I pull oracle cards, I get better at interpreting that into a person's life. So I just don't, I don't think that I'm ever going to be quote-unquote ready. I think I'm always going to be in this sort of limbo state of like, I don't know something well enough yet, but I want to be there. No, I respect that. I get that. But I think at some point you have to cut loose and say, I'm going to read for people. I don't oh, think you can... Fair. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you said, well, you're never ready. Well, then, yeah, I guess that's it. You're only reading for yourself in your closet. I mean, you have to, at I, some point... I think jump. you're never ready, and therefore you should just start reading. You have to just jump in. You it. just do it. Yeah. Buy the cards, read for your friend the next day. Boom. Okay. I, I wouldn't... I don't know about the next day. That fast. Okay, it's that fast. <laughs> there you go. That's what Gemini says. Just do it. No, I think you should just do it, but I agree with you. There's always another level. You're always going to get better. The more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And you just can't. I don't know. I see a lot of people stopping themselves. I was one of those people just always saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. You know? Yeah. Um, and now I'm just like, I don't, you know, I don't care. But I also, I also don't do this for money. So, yeah. you know. It's also really good to read for people who, like, have no context. Like, if... If you get cards and you start reading for people and the first people you start reading for are, like, expert witches in your family, like, oh, you're going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Go find your best friend who Mm. has never heard of magic before and is just here to help you out. That's, like, a safer entry point. Well, yes, or learn a bunch of systems that not – I mean, everybody reads Tarot. I'm so turned off to Tarot at this point. It's not funny. Yeah. Everybody reads it. I would like – hot take – I would like literally everyone to read it. I would like every human being to have their own tarot deck because I think that it's so wonderful in helping you sort of figure out who you are. Mm. It's basically therapy. I think everybody needs tarot and I think everybody needs therapy. And the world would be a better, happier, less violent place. 
Scorpio's sitting here like, mm, yeah, but let me talk about all the other decks that I read because tarot's like overrated. No, I was just thinking that when this is over, I'm going to pull out my gypsy cards and I'm going to tell you about your past life. Can you do that, actually? Maybe. Yeah. Because I've been I'm reading... just curious. I'm curious about what your recent past I life literally was. just bought a book about intercepted uh, signs in astrology and how they impact your past lives. Because I don't at me have an intercepted Aries and Libra, which is supposed to mean basically that I struggle with like asserting myself and also building relationships, which we're not going to get into because this is a podcast about magic and not about my life. But yes, I want to know about my past lives. And I think she said that because she could see it in my face that I was going to go into it. And I was like, oh, let's talk about that. (laughs) Nope. All right. So Lunasa's great. You yes. should all bake some bread. Yep. Please send us questions because we love answering them. And the next new moon. I don't know. We're talking about Maybach? Probably. You know, I realize there's something that I haven't had you do. Oh, Christ. And, you know, we're academic witches. Uh-huh. Which means we like to annotate stuff. Oh, shit. It's short. Uh-huh. I want you to annotate the Wiccan read. That's fine. I can do that. I got really nervous that she was going to give me something crazy. Not the th- couple of lines. We're talking about the No, that, but that's like a page okay. or two. I figured that would be good, mostly because um, in the next full moon, we're talking about the white goddess. Yes. And stuff comes up there that we're going to discuss. And as I was reading the book, I thought, yeah, we, we have probably should have done the Wiccan read prior but that's okay because the wiccan read will take us back into our regular reading so yeah so that's going to be your next thing for maybon and we'll talk all about what maybon is and if you want to look up anything else related to it that would be interesting because i loved how you tied in lunasa to hellenismo so i'll try my best say you know i mean maybe you won't find anything and that's fine because i mean it's not one of your holidays but i think the idea of being able to connect it like that especially when we've done so much reading and the readings always bring us back to Greek mythology. I always. Think, I feel like we're closer than you think. It's not that we're not close. It's just that we're also so far away. Oh, we're totally yeah. far away. Yeah. It's, but, it's like being, it's like a weird Schrodinger thing where we're like right next to it, but also <laughs> in another state. Right. Yeah. I like that. I like that analogy. All right. So that's it. Well, thank you so much to Sean McShane for your amazing intro and outro music. We love you. And we love the song. We love it. It's pretty dope. Yeah. And, of course, thank you to our listeners for listening. Yes, we love them. And remember, if you're following the moons... You're following us.